Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody. So Christmas is coming, which means games galore, right? Well, it does for some. So, in this installment of uh, Tech Here by Goose.e, we sat down and chatted with Vinny Fannerin of Elite Gamer, the award-winning blog for games. So, let's have a look. See what he thinks are the best games on the market now. What games do you need to be looking at this Christmas? What consoles do you need to be looking at this Christmas? And just shit talk about games in general. So, yeah, let's do it. Alright, so Vinny, let's get started. Do you want to tell everybody about who you are, what you are and what you do before we... My pleasure, John. Uh, I'm Vinny Fanron from LeagueGamer.com and the Irish Sun. Um, I'm here today to podcast about Christmas and gaming because 2000 year has been a bumper year for games and you can't get everything for Christmas, unfortunately. No, as much as we'd uh, really like to. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Christmas every day, everyone would be broke. Yeah, well, not that we're not already, but yeah, that's a, a different uh, story. <laughs> Uh, didn't you win the blog awards there last week? We won the bloggies eighteen, nice. the uh, the best gaming blog, which I was very happy about myself and Dara. Are delighted, and myself and Dara put in a, a good bit of work over the last few months. And the guy called Thomas Telford and a guy called Christian Waits, they helped out for a good few months at the start of the year. And of course, they weren't here to receive the award, but of course, they did receive the award. Really, they helped. Big out. props to the lads. Big props to the team. And uh, well, 100%. well done, because I think we we came third in our category. So obviously, congrats to the lads. Uh, like from the effect that effect.net for winning that one but look you're you're the award winner and you're the guy that with the expert game and knowledge so we'll go straight in and ask the big question what's your top games for the year <laughs> um the very very best game i played all year is probably spider-man i mean red Dead redemption 2 is likely to win game of the year because of the positive press and the positive reaction from most of the public but for me personally, Spider-Man, or the Man-Spider as I call it to annoy people, <laughs> is uh, is probably my game of the year. Uh, then God of War. I mean, God of War and Spider-Man are both PlayStation 4 exclusives, yes. which means that it's kind of, it is, they're, it's closed off from about, you know, 30% of the gaming public, because nearly everyone has got a PS4 at this point. Yeah, Xbox are kind um, of dying. Um, they had a, a recent turnaround because of the Xbox One X's sales numbers being encouraging and it being the system to play console multiplats on because it's the one that does closest to native 4K. It's got the best picture quality on most multi-platform yeah. games. Um, that doesn't hold true all the time, but just generally speaking, um, PlayStation 4 have definitely got the edge in games. 2018, they released some absolute crackers between Spider-Man, we've already discussed God of War, and uh, Shadow of the Colossus Remake, oh, which yeah. personally, I, I loved the original like when it was released maybe 12 13 years ago, but I, I couldn't really get back into it again. But for many people, replaying that game was something special, and the kind of the visual acuity of the entire experience is really notable. So that's three games, PlayStation 4 exclusives. On the Xbox, you'd have to say Forza Horizon 4 is the best game they've had on the platform okay. in quite some time. Um, I, I liked it a lot, but other people liked it even more than I did, and it's gone on to break their sales records, and it's gone on to get their, I think it's their highest Metacritic rating for a game and say oh it's the fourth one in the series of a racing game it's got the highest rating that's that's something to know yeah was that record still held by gears of war i think it was um the biggest launch of all time on xbox as far as i know is probably halo oh, 4 yeah. jesus how did you forget about um, that? halo 4 broke broke that record a few years ago and they haven't had anything as big as that since but forza horizon 4 is the best-selling forza horizon game um the best-selling game of all time as far as i know is gta 5 their first day um 
revenue or first week revenue is something like yeah. 800 million i think and Red Dead Redemption Redemption 2 almost beat that, but not. Yeah, quite. I know they've set some serious numbers. I'm inclined to agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, Red Dead is obviously, I think, is probably going to get the game of the year. I think that's a, a given because of the press, the size, the scale of the game. And to be fair, it's gorgeous. But if I was to pick my favorite game of the year, just in terms of how much crack it was to play and just how gorgeous it was to look at Spider Man all day long, it just got lost. It was. It's an incredible game. Great storyline. That would be my top my top pick anyway. But like there's some like just even looking at PlayStation alone, I have the games list ahead and it's even it's very hard to pick a top six, even a top ten even when you think Assassin's Creed Odyssey, FIFA nineteen, Fallout, um you have obviously Call of Duty, you have Far Cry five, uh, and mm-hmm. the games that you've already mentioned, and then that's not even putting in um the remakes that we got this year in Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Oh, yeah. Which... <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to Spyro because I loved Spyro games as a kid and that kind of genre of uh, collect em up it never, never really went out of fashion in my head. I still enjoy games like Ape Escape, Donkey Kong 64, Super Mario 64 years after the event. And I have to say uh, Spyro Reignited is something I'm very excited about. It was one of the games I had on my list that is, hasn't been released yet that we should definitely, definitely. talk about. And to bring it back to one game you, you mentioned there, and I think you're totally correct in bringing it up in a list of games of the year, is Far Cry 5. Yeah. I think because it's the fifth one, and because it's Ubisoft, and Ubisoft aren't everyone's favourite gaming company, let's face it, they're almost up there with EA yeah. um, in terms of gaming pariahs, but yeah, Far Cry 5 is an incredible experience, visually um, and hourly. The soundtrack is great, the sound of America is beautiful, it looks amazing, and it plays really well. It is classic Far Cry, insofar as you're quite mobile, you're quite deadly, and the game is still quite difficult. But um, there are some changes to the formula as well. Okay. Um, the story is the story is excellent. It's kind of relatively relevant to what's going on now with kind of what you say, the uh, segregation of politics in America and how people kind of uh, are retreating to the yes. extreme. Oh, that, okay. So that, I haven't actually played it yet. So that's another game. To... Stick Far Cry 5 on oh, your list. <laughs> and another Ubisoft title, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You mentioned that one too. Again, that's the sequel to another excellent Assassin's Creed that game. That's the so sequel to Origins, the fact that it's, right? Yeah. Exactly. Because it's, it's a direct sequel to a game that's only about 12 months old, people kind of tend to dial back the game of the year talk. It kind of tends to get excluded from the best of the best because it's a sequel. conversations. Yeah. Exactly, because it's the direct sequel just 12 months later. But Odyssey is a much better game than Origins in many ways. I mean, the story is much better. The characters are better. I enjoyed it a lot more, even though combat wasn't developed an awful lot more over Origins. It's still a better game in almost every other respect. I actually really enjoyed it. I, I only finished um, writing it and I got a review up on that about a week ago. Um, I thought it was very, very good. As you said, the fighting the combat side of things possibly could have been a little better, but it's still fun. Um, I think that's just the thing with the Assassin's Creed series in general. Every year you'd go, John, wouldn't it be great now to have that little bit more, but they're always great games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This kind of... Ubisoft had suffered a lot from the sequelitis. They spent an awful lot of time kind of milking their main franchises. And to be fair to them, they did go back to the board, back to the drawing board and say, oh, we need to do this, that and the other to reinvent two of their biggest franchises, Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. And they've, they've done both very admirably. Yeah, I'd be inclined um, to agree. And did you see that, did you hear the rumour about, uh, from Ubisoft about the, ne- the next Assassin's Creed game possibly being set here? Um, well, I, I tend to ignore early rumours because they kind of feed into a hype yes. cycle that... Uh, 
is unhealthy for the gaming industry. People get disappointed when stuff gets changed from an early build. People can get annoyed. I, I don't think it would be bad to have it in Ireland. Celtic mythology is obviously, you know, rife with uh, Assassin's Creed style storylines and plots. And definitely that mythology would be good in a video yeah, game. Yeah, open, an open landscape. Like Cel- Celtic Ireland's would be really cool. And I suppose just even the history there, you'd obviously have like the the introduction of the Vikings and there, there's your war uh, element to the game as well, which would make a really Of course, cool... and you'd, you'd have a maritime element as well. You, there's no reason why you couldn't flit back and forth across the Irish Sea to the Isle of Man and Wales. Oh, yeah. All of our, all of our Celtic brethren. That would be fun. It if would. Anything... I wouldn't mind a bit of naval combat with, say, the Vikings or maybe the Normans later on or whatever part of Irish history they do base it in, whether it's the you know, pre-Roman Britain-Irish times, whether it's when the Romans were in Britain and decided Ireland wasn't really worth it and just stayed in England. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or if they're going to go later, like you said, for the Viking-Norman times. But yeah, there's definitely a, a wealth of history and mythology they could exploit for gaming. So reason. lads from Ubisoft, if you're listening, there, there, there you <laughs> go, we want credits. <laughs> exactly. So Eve Guillermo is the uh, maybe the CEO or of uh, Ubisoft. If you're listening, Eve, Next one in Ireland, please. Thank please you. Please and thanks. And if you need voice voice models, you've got two perfectly good ones here. <laughs> exactly. And speaking of games which are close to home, um, Forza Horizon 4, again, that was set in, in Great Britain, kind of um, southern Scotland, northern England. And playing that game, if you ignore the red telephone boxes and mailboxes, it does actually look a bit like Ireland. The rolling-y, pasture-y bit, oh, yeah. maybe in the south around Kilkenny and Tipperary, where the country looks quite nice and there's less dry stone walls than everywhere else. Oh. That, that actually just reminds... This is a slight tangent. Do you remember... What was that game that was on... Was it the PlayStation 2? It was kind of like a, an English version of Grand Theft Auto. I do. It was called The Getaway the and it, it was genuinely good. I really enjoyed it, but it's probably unplayable nowadays because the controls are very stiff. They hadn't really figured out how, you know, first and third person 3D game controls should work in a shooter. So it's very awkward. I watched a video recently and I was thinking, God, that looks awful. That looks clunky. It looks it 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 does look awful. The controls look clunky. If I'm honest with you, the graphics have aged remarkably well for a game that old of that style. Because you know, let's face it, the first GTA, the first three D GTAs don't look no. good. GTA three, GTA San Andreas in particular don't look particularly good nowadays. Whereas Vice City, because it's so stylized, looks a little bit better. Whereas Getaway holds up a lot better to look at but just the awkward animations and how everything runs and moves just looks terrible they had some very interesting driving mechanics in that game do you know how the map system worked when you were driving around you had no map yeah and when you were coming up to a corner the car would indicate to tell you to yeah. go that way it was really cool now it's very be, very that cool. would be one of those cool of games time. that you know, playstation do their monthly freebies that'd be a great game to get up on that that would be incredible if that appeared on the playstation plus free games i would absolutely yeah. be all over that while we're on free stuff and PlayStation and games, um, one thing that's going on people's Christmas list this year will be the PlayStation One Classic. Oh yes. Uh, have you had a look at the list of games? Yet? I have. Um, I'm. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, there's some games there that I really wanted to see. Of course. Uh, obviously, the likes of Spyros and Crash Bandicoots. Um, but a lot of the games are very impressive. Um. Okay. Stuff like Battle Arena to Shinden. Destruction Derby, Grand Theft Auto, Metal Gear Solid, they're going to kind of bring a big nostalgia factor in. People are going to remember those games. They're going to want to play them again. But some of the games just don't hold up. Metal Gear Solid definitely holds up. It's wholly playable still. Rayman, because it's a 2D game, wholly still playable. 
Grand Theft Auto is a 2D game, but it's not that playable anymore. I've played it recently on the PC, just like with a keyboard and mouse. Well, just a keyboard actually, because it's it's a 2D game or whatever. But um, it's it's not a great game to play anymore. Destruction Derby, kind of the same thing. Another thing, the racing games that are on this, the few that are on this, are going to be hurt by the fact that it comes with digital controllers, yes. not the dual stick, not the dual sticks at all, not the analog sticks, just the digital controllers. And I thought that was a bit needless. Another thing that always that concerns me about it is, is that. Sony definitely have the infrastructure and the, well, they have the ROMs to allow you to buy PlayStation 1 games on a PS Vita or on a PS3. It would have been really nice if they charged you an extra 20, 30 euros and allowed you to save games from the PlayStation Store onto the unit. Because you finish Final Fantasy 7, you're like, well, what happens next? I want to play Final Fantasy 8. And you're not going to get to. And that's the problem with the NES Classic, the SNES Classic, and now the PlayStation Classic. The ability to add the two, extra games into it. The inability... To, yeah, you, you play the first one, because they give you the first one. You play the sequel, you're like, well, I want to play the first one now. Do I have to go and buy myself a Super Nintendo and buy Final Fantasy 2, because they only had Final Fantasy 3 on the you NES Classic? On. It's yeah. unfair. No, I get it, yeah. But like, this Destruction Derby was great crack. <laughs> it really was. Yeah, it, it, it is. But again... I get kind of, uh, every so often I get drunk and we'd, we'd play some of these old games from the PlayStation era and that particular generation of consoles um, just doesn't hold up well. 3D games were in their no. infancy. It, with the Super Nintendo Classic, most of the games hold up hold up well still. Even if they're not classics and they're kind of, they're fluff to fill out the lineup, they're still playable. Some of the games that are going to be on this are going to be fond memories yeah. for some. But like an unplayable mess for others. Something like Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. That is a needless Or conclusion. Abe's Odyssey. No, Abe's Odyssey is it's genuinely a good game. I, I, love I do too. And I, I have great, <laughs> me- get great, great memories of it. But I can imagine it, going it, back and playing it now is going to look... It's going to be alienating to, to younger yeah. fans. Uh, but it's so, something like Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. It's just not the platform to play it on. what they should have had on and, Hercules. Yeah. Do you remember that game? I do remember that game, and that was a fantastic game. My cousin had that game, and I had to play it to him with him. And I was like, "Oh, this is a childish, cartoony game, and I'm much too old for that." And then twenty minutes later, was just totally into it and didn't want to stop. That's a really good one. As you said, it was two D flat layer, no no messing around. That would have been a great game to have on it. Exactly, and even though the PlayStation was designed from the ground up to give the best three D graphics available at the time at the lowest price, it could still do decent two D. You know, using stuff, using um polygons as sprites uh, as a case maybe. other games that run there you'd have to say are going to be you know uh well remembered by people who had a playstation but won't be playable nowadays resident evil director's yeah. cut as much as you say it's a great game the controls haven't aged well at all um the graphics are, are they don't look good on a, on a big screen i'm not sure how they'll how they'll be emulated um i'm pretty sure they're using a stock emulation that was made available mm-hmm. for free like a uh i'm not sure what the name of it is i'll find that out for you but um, the Resident Evil Director's Cut, it doesn't upscale well. The kind of, and um, the polygon characters really stand out against the 2D backgrounds on modern televisions. So it, it can be hard to play. Yeah. Um, Tekken 2, fantastic game. There's nothing to say about that except enjoy yeah, it. Sit down, bash the Super button. <laughs> That's exactly. one of those ones that's not gonna, you're not going to have a problem with aging. It's an arcade. You know, you're still going to have that arcade style you know, look about it and it's bash exactly. buttons until the other guy bleeds <laughs> and te- Tekken 3 runs at 60 frames a second native would you believe it? it's one of the one of the first games to run in 3D at 60 frames Jeez. a second on Playstation or N64 I suppose you can so, tell yeah, it's, it's very smooth it, yeah. and it's great game. and Rayman will be great crack as well 
Rayman will be good. I remember Rayman really well, actually. I think I've played it recently enough. I've played a remake of it. Um, another one there, Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal is um, kind of a Carmageddon-style uh, destruction derby in the future kind of a thing. A lot of people wanted that game to be on the PlayStation Classic. It hasn't aged all that badly, although because it's a kind of a driving game with digital controls, it will be a bit annoying. That's still going to be something that people will they'll definitely buy it still for. Still for 100 quid. It's, you're getting 100 games for 100, you know, for, or you're getting 20 games for 100 quid, isn't it? Roughly. Exactly, exactly. So um, you can't really... No. That complaint about wanting to play the sequels to stuff notwithstanding, I think it's a pretty good deal. I'd happily sit there with uh, the little people in my family and go, no, you. For, <laughs> let's talk about Fortnite and we'll show you some proper games. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You won't be doing loser dances no. after this. You'll be doing Metal Gear Solid poses. Yeah. No, you'll be saying snake, snake, snake. But, but these kids, but those kids will never understand the joys of the memory card, or the the lack of joy when you lack a memory. Yeah, card. that was all. Can I tell you a very small story? I got a Metal Gear Solid Two and a PlayStation Two. I borrowed it. There's no memory card. I played it for ten or eleven hours, near enough to the end, and oh. I thought I'm gonna have to turn this off at some point in my life. So I begged my mother not to turn off the PlayStation. 2. I begged. <laughs> I begged her. I was like, I'm going to town to buy a memory card. I'll turn it off when I get home. I'm sure she didn't understand any of that. And just immediately turned it off. So I got home and I never finished Metal Gear Solid. I just was like, I'm, I'm not playing that again. I have memory card now. I'll, I'll use it for something. Else. Have you ever gone back and done it since? No, oh, never. Wow. I finished Metal Gear Solid 1, 3, 4, probably 5. Yeah, 5. And then not just not 2. <laughs> That's something now. All ne- never to. That's a conversation it's, that comes up like... every Christmas, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I get drunk and I cry at my mother about it. You it ruined my PlayStation. <laughs> oh, I was actually at a gaming what? convention down in Limerick. Oh Jesus! Over the summer now, and like they were selling loads of like the old consoles and do you remember the attachments you could get for the PlayStation, like you'd uh, like the gun and. I saw, like, the see-through red memory card. I was like, oh, fuck me. Do you remember them? I do. I remember <laughs> all the jazzy memory cards you could get and all the third-party ones that promised three and four times the capacity of the official memory card but would invariably lose all of your data within about two Do weeks. you remember the size of those memory cards when you talk about the memory slide? Yeah, they were 128 kilobyte or one megabit memory cards and they cost £19.99. Scandalous when you think about it. It was it was absolutely brutal. As well as that, other consoles like the Sega Saturn had an inbuilt memory card. Mm. It wasn't very big, but you had one out of the box. Nintendo sixty four came on cartridges, and a lot of those cartridges had battery backups. So again, didn't need one. So when I got a PlayStation one, eventually after everyone else on Earth, I still couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I just couldn't turn off the game and come back to it because I've been doing it for years on a Super Nintendo and my friend's N sixty four. It's just that's what you do. That's games. Yep. You blast out a bit of Mario, you turn it off, and you carry it, pick it up from where you went. Exactly, exactly. This crack of having to save it externally blew my mind, and not in a good way. (laughs) While we're on blowing our minds, my mother could definitely make it up for me for turning off the PlayStation 2 if she were to, say, buy us a bundle for Christmas. Okay, go for it. I'm not sure if if you were uh, thinking about bundles for Christmas, but um, Xbox and PlayStation 4 have some tasty bundles for Christmas to kind of make entering into this generation of consoledom a little bit less expensive. Um, the best bundle, even though they have less of the best games, is probably the Xbox One X. Okay. They've got the best bundle. For four nine nine, you can get 
Battlefield 5, which will be released uh, on November 20th for everyone, and then November 15th for people who pay extra money on the deluxe bundle. But that's neither here nor there. But you do get the deluxe Battlefield 5, the deluxe Battlefield 1, and the deluxe Battlefield 1942. Wow. All in the box for 499 with a terabyte one Xbox One X. And that's probably the best bundle you're going to get all Christmas. Now, on the other side, on the flip side, if you want to get a PS4 Pro with a terabyte hard drive and Red Dead Redemption 2 only standard edition unfortunately but you get some pre-order bonus in there just in case you're wondering for 439 so that is very good value now, the xbox one x is a little bit more expensive as a base unit than the ps4 pro by about 50 euros and for that extra 50 euros you obviously get slightly better looking multi-platform games but a less quality library so for 70 euros extra or 60 euros extra you get three games instead of one and an xbox one instead of a ps4 but the two bundles are incredible value if you want to get either of those consoles and you go get yourself a ps4 pro and a game you're basically getting the game for free you go for a, an xbox one x you're getting three games for free so whichever one you pick fantastic if you're unwilling to go with the 4k versions you can get a for 299 you can get an xbox one s which is the the one that has uh hdr lighting on it you have the entry bundle which is just three months of live three months of um the free gamesy thing whatever it's called game pass and that's two nine nine. So that's actually ideal for Christmas. Not too as well, bad, though, because you know you get you know they get their three months free online, and it's like right by the time you know March comes around, the the novelty of Christmas has gone away. So you're on your own if you want to play online, pay for it yourself. Your problem. <laughs> that's that's a really good point that I never thought of. Like children will kind of do everything that's given to them at first, and then after a few weeks or a few months, they'll settle into what they like. So they might not be into multiplayer games by March. They might not. They might only play two or three of the games on Game Pass by March, by which time you can say, okay, well, it's time for me to buy you a game or buy you Xbox Live and say, right, we've got you an Xbox. You had your three months fun. What do you want to get out of it now? So it is fair enough that if you buy that bundle, they're getting a nice little taster of everything and they can decide what they want then Exactly. Are, are they going to be um, the type that's going to be you know, playing, playing the crap out of Ultimate Team on FIFA, or... Are they <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, so, no, that makes... That makes perfect sense, and, like, at, at 300 quid, it's... You know, for... I suppose for a, a, a Christmas gift, it's not outrageous for a games console, when you would have thought, even when the PlayStation came out initially, those kind of bundles would have cost you five and six, even. Oh, yeah, because... um. They weren't really giving away games. All you're doing is buying the console with the game stuck onto it with the price added up yeah. together. They weren't really giving away the software. It's just a matter of you'll save yourself a fiver if you buy them together. Yeah. <laughs> you, you won't have to go to the, the counter twice. You might, get a, you might get a free wallpaper or even a, the, the PlayStation itself <laughs> might have a skin on it. Those PlayStation skins were classic. I won't hear a bad word about. Them. I actually, would you believe I bought? I actually bought and put on my own skin on the PlayStation. I think it cost me a fiver online. Uh, it's the Captain America one. Yeah, I'm one of. I'm that guy. That's brutal. But it looked really cool because it was you know the the ripped shield from Civil War. That is so, kind of cool. Like, it, it's not like you know yeah America. It's like yeah this is kind of funky looking. So why not? It's the introspective America series. Exactly. Capt- Captain America in his awkward teenage face. Damn right. <laughs> Although my next my next thing now is going to be to get one of those custom custom controls instead of a stock one. Because I think they're just stunning looking. As you know, um, Xbox are actually 
do something like that, what they call uh, the Foundry, you can get your own Xbox controller designed. If you go to xbox.com, I'm sure it'll be on the front page, you um, you can get every single piece of your controller basically customized. Nice. Um, there's enough colors, enough combinations that apparently there are a billion controllers that can be made. So um, that's something that you should probably look into if you're into that kind of thing. Now, PlayStation 4 controllers, they do sell a lot of colors mm-hmm. of those. And recently enough, they sold a special, very, a navy see-through controller, which is branded with the 500 million anniversary gold. I'm not sure if you remember the navy blue PlayStation 4 Pro that was released a few months ago in, in a, in, I think it was 50,000 units altogether. Released at a premium, of course, collector's yeah. edition. And that was to commemorate the 500 millionth PlayStation shipped, which is crazy when you think about it. And of course, the PlayStation Classic is where it all yeah, started. That's, I mean, that's incredible, actually. But I would definitely say for people coming into Christmas, like, you know, if you know someone who's like a big, big gamer and you, you don't know what to get them, why not get them a little, you know, cost, custom controller? You know, the, I, I found websites even online that do like PlayStation controls that they, I don't know how well they work, but they look they look fine. The thing is, is that PlayStation um, don't usually, <clears throat> excuse me, allow official licensees of peripherals like that. So they're not usually as good quality as Xbox or Nintendo third-party offerings, official third-party of offerings, should I say. But PlayStation have re- um, recently reneged on that policy, and they're now allowing certain manufacturers to make official third-party controllers, like Scuff. I don't know if yeah. you know the Scuff Gaming Company. They make uh, custom PlayStation controllers as well, third-party, and they're excellent quality. So when you're going for a third-party PlayStation controller now, provided you get from one of their partners... Um, it's it's of superb quality. Whereas Xbox, you've been able to buy scuff controllers and third party manufacturers uh, like that for Xbox for a long time, and they've been of really good quality. But if you want to get a perfectly made custom controller, you need to try Xbox Design Lab. I just got the name up there in the fridge. <laughs> you can go for about about seventy euros on, and they can get you any controller. They can do fades. They can do different materials, different textures, and uh, yeah, it's all. It's all added up as you go along. So you can get one that costs 70 quid. You can get one up to 110, I believe. Uh, you can go wild or as not wild as you like in that. Um, PlayStation 4 controllers, they don't have a similar service as far as I know. But like I said, third-party controllers are now up to par with the first-party offerings on PlayStation. As long as, thanks as, to their as, long as you're getting from the right provider. As long as you're getting from the right provider. I mean, you can't go wrong with people like Scuff. Uh, it sounds like I'm sponsored by Scuff, but it's basically the only one that's popping in. Right <laughs> um, well, look, there's a reason, there's a reason why. <laughs> probably, it's there's, it's right in front of me is probably the reason why. I, I, I reviewed a Scuff controller, um, I think, two years ago, and I really liked it. But the thing is, is that um, the paddles underneath it for activating the face buttons without having to move your thumb from the right stick, they were a bit flimsy and broke after about 18 months. Aww. So I have to amend my review with that. No, that's upsetting. Mm, So, as for your own Christmas wish list, is there anything that you yourself would like? What do you need for Christmas? Better social life. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Better social life. Xbox Live it is. Uh, No, do you know what? I've been eyeballing the Nintendo Switch for a long, long time. And, yeah, I've I've been eyeballing it for a while because I have the PlayStation. I'm in love with my PlayStation. Um, Obviously, I use it for more than just games. I do everything else in it but one of the lads was over a couple of weeks ago and we popped on the switch and between four of us i think we played 64 races of mario kart back to back 
and it was just like this is what Nintendo do it's gaming it's you know it unlike PlayStation or Xbox where it's you on your own Nintendo are trying to do have always tried to do a more interactive thing whether that's in like the yes. Wii or the the Game Boys or even like things like Pokemon Go it's always you know go talk to other people be game communally and I think that kind of stuff with the Switch I just like yes. it I like that idea what 100% um the the factor of kind of portability and the fact that you can share it with people so easy is a big deal I mean as it currently stands you need to pay money to play games with people online on PlayStation and on Xbox but on Nintendo you know it's kind of they want you to game in your house and most games are designed from the ground up with you playing on your own a fantastic single player experience or you and your friend chilling out from the get-go playing 64 races of Mario Kart back to back and there's there's something to be said that that kind of magic is now missing from PlayStation and Xbox largely and that even when something is brought out to kind of celebrate couch multiplayer we tend to kind of what would you say um overpraise and overemphasize that feature on a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox because it's not there generally anymore Whereas Nintendo, people don't tend to bat an eyelid or comment on the fact that, yeah, Mario Kart's the greatest thing since sliced bread when you've got more than one person with you, or the fact that it's basically like crack yeah. with a CK, not an IC. It's, it's, it's as addictive as it crack. Is. Like, once you, get that, that, once you get that first W under your belt on a night in the couch with the lads and the ladies, that's it. You never, you never want to put the control like, like, That's it. Like, I mean, we could have easily... <laughs> like the, our whole idea that night was, ah, yeah, we'll... We'll have a game or two and then we'll hop over to the local and have a couple and Joe chill out. And we just literally, we got up off the couch to go across and buy Ken's. <laughs> and we sat there. And Joe, we, we all said it at the end of the evening when the lads were heading away. It was just like, you know, there's four or five of us on a PlayStation and any given night with our headsets and talking to, talking to an earpiece. But the yep. difference of being in the same room and, you know, just the general shithosery that goes on, it's a different experience. I, I think 100% I think that's why I yeah. like the Switch and as you say games like Mario Zelda I mean Zelda's would bring up great memories for anybody who ever had a Nintendo and I think next week is when the new po- Pokemon game comes out yes there are two Pokemon games coming out next week Go Eevee and Go Pikachu yes. Um, I think that Go Pikachu probably won't sell as well I mean I know that normies and adults will certainly know who Pikachu is a lot more than um, they'd know who Eevee is, but for Pokemon fans and children especially, they'd be like, yeah, Eevee's their bag, and Pikachu's old hat. What? Rip. Yeah, see, you're just old now, John. You're not cool anymore. You don't know that Pikachu's not as cool as Eevee. Oh, That's actually... Yeah, John. That, it hurts. I mean, that, that's after... It happens to everyone. like, ruined my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to ruin your weekend, but sure, I suppose you'll have a bit of time to edit this now that your weekend is ruined. Yeah, this is true. No, it looks like they do look like good games. It's they're almost like remasters of the original, like uh, yellow, red, and blue, as such for like a modern console, isn't it? Um, gather a, a bit, a bit. I think that Pokemon Go has kind of recaptured some of the public's imagination for Pokemon, and I guess you could say this is kind of the latest game in their rebooting for its newfound status. Yeah. Because let's face it, like, I mean, Pokemon was probably as big as it was in the 90s for about three months there, two years ago when Pokemon Go was released. Fair enough, the game was limited, it had its problems. It was a cash factory, obviously, yeah. um, for the makers um, and the owners of the license. But, I mean, it wasn't actually a good game for Pokemon players in general. It brought plenty of new fans in who got to know the characters and the Pokemons. But um, I don't think 
real true Pokemon hardcores enjoyed it for as long as uh, they claim to, or at least they, they say I actually they know a couple of people who um, still play. I know two people who still play. And There's definitely some people who still play, but I mean that's a, a small percentage of the people who were playing for the first week or two when it was out, because it was, it was very big. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, even just two years ago, it's hard to overstate how big it was. I remember walking around Last Nevin Cemetery and seeing people in there looking for Pokemons. I'm just like, yep, yeah, someone's burying a child over there and I'm being dragged around looking for Pokemons. Yeah, you're looking for a ghastly or something like that. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I can see someone else over looking for Pokemons. I feel ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I, li- I quite like the idea that it was something different and it was like, you know, go outside. If you want to play games, go 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 outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go see, go see sunlight. It's it's good for you. It's not it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Whoever thought of making a geo a geo tagging game with Pokemon, you know, deserved a lot of money because that was an inspired idea. And there's been a lot of attempts to copy the that game since. Like I heard something about like a Harry Potter re- like kind of version, which I don't know how that would work. Yeah. I've heard like five or six different kind of AR mobile games that are based on the same kind of system as Pokemon going like no no po- Pokemon did it no, if they... exactly it's not even just that Pokemon did it first the Pokemon is literally a thing where someone wanders around and encounters random battles I mean if you made a Final Fantasy go and you could wander around and do random battles in your overworld that might make some sense but how are you going to do dungeons you have to build yourself a dungeon because I, w- I would do that, but I mean, not many other people. Yeah, well, you know, you, you might, but... <laughs> <laughs> seems like a bit of a strength. It seems like a lot of effort, but even things like, Harry Potter, what are you going to do? It's like, mm, I, I, I put a spell on you, you don't walk away, and I'd just be like, now I'm gone, good luck. <laughs> you could play Quidditch or do a magic battle. Yeah. I, I feel we might have gone a bit off track. This the happens. last few things now is... <laughs> What what's left before Christmas? And I'll tell you what's left before Christmas. Battlefield Five, which you've already mentioned in passing, Fallout seventy six, which we're going to mention now, not in passing, Farming Simulator nineteen, which I know you don't think is important, but Farming Simulator nineteen has a very dedicated community in Ireland, in the UK, and all over the world. It's a big title, regardless of people's feeling on farming simulators. That's out November twentieth, and I'm actually going to preview that next week because I'm that big a fan. Really. Um, Spyro, yeah, I really like those kind of games. My friend, Big Brian, hello, Big Brian, um, he's a he's a farming sim nut. Like, he really loves farming sim. He can tell me exactly what's changed between versions, why he likes it and doesn't like it, and he'll just bring me on and show me exactly what he's talking about. And I'm like, I would have never realised that because I'm not into it that much. But yeah, there are people like him up and down the country. It's a spectacularly followed game it's what it's, it's, a, it's a cult following yeah. the game has people are into it are really into it i get you it was like what was it like the hospital simulators on the pc back in the day and those type of titles oh yeah stuff like um theme hospital and theme park they're kind of an entry level into this kind of what would you say procedural everyday job simulator kind of thing whereas stuff like farm simulator is like football manager really that, for yeah. farms it's very deep like you, you need to have your oats you need to know your oats, excuse the terrible pun. But you'd, you'd, you'd want to be well aware of farming practice and economics and how that type of thing works. And you'll learn it eventually if you start from scratch, but if you have that kind of knowledge going in, it's a lot easier. Football manager for farming. I might have to check that out because I adore football manager and I avoid getting it until my Christmas holidays because I know I disappear for like days. Exactly. Days so something like that now might be You'll go missing. Actually, when you put it like that. 
And the very last game I wanted to mention before Christmas comes is Just Cause 4. Now I'm a huge, huge Just Cause fan. The first game was was an underrated, bit buggy, a bit plain, but I knew there was potential. And by the time Just Cause 2 came around, I was well on board. And I think Just Cause 2 is one of the greatest games ever made. I honestly do. Just Cause 3 wasn't as good as that, but I still think they could recapture the magic. And Just Cause 4 is going to be superb. I'm really looking forward to hopping back into Rico's boots, taking his grappling hook, and, you know, just taking a plane and flying it into another plane, and then taking a, an oil tanker and crashing that into an oil rig. Uh, all the good stuff you do in Just Cause. All the good stuff that sounds, sounds like that. A, an ISIS training video. It, it sounds like terrorism, but the thing is you're doing it for America and that makes it not terrorism. Ah, Don't forget yes, this. Subtle, subtle differences. Rico's in the CIA, exactly. He's in the CIA and he's doing it to bring freedom. And that's... That's not... Good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yes. Just keep telling yourself that. But Just Cause 2 is at December 4th, <laughs> which might be a bit late because people want to get... People want to read reviews. They want to play a little bit of the demo maybe forward off their friends and decide I'll get my girlfriend to get that to me for that for Christmas or I'm going to write that on my boyfriend's phone for me to get for yeah. Christmas and then it's too late because it's December 4th so Just Cause 4 was delayed to a point where they might have hurt the Christmas sales but I beg the public to give it a go give it a look and just wait till December 4th and see if you that can probably, put in your Santa list probably end up being one of those ones that people you know we all get like gift vouchers and a bit of cash you know, from relatives or whatever and you'll go that, there's the game I'll get. I got Joe the, the after Christmas one that you get and go right. I'll finish off the games I have and then I'll get to that. I'd yeah. love that if if I could just kind of um if the game was kind of forty quid after Christmas and everyone had their little voucher and said well just cause four I read a review in leakgamer.com that Vinny Fanner and said that just cause four was almost as good as just cause two must buy it. That's what I'm hoping. A nice plug there as so. well. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> just finish it off with a plug. No. John, it was absolutely lovely talking to you, and I really hope that um, you have a lovely Christmas, if not talking before then. And to all your listeners, please look into Just Cause 4. Um, <laughs> I love that series. <laughs> and if you all buy it, they'll keep making them, and I'll keep enjoying them. It's not very journalistic-y of me. But it's but the truth. It's, 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 it's worth selling my soul for. And as ever to anybody who is listening to this, if you have any questions about the different games, the different consoles, feel free to you know hit us up on the different social channels. We're on Facebook as Ghost, Instagram as Ghost, uh, Twitter Ghost underscore IE. Uh, you know, fire us questions. We're going to be happy to answer. And obviously, Vinny's got his own channels that if you want to plug before we disappear, you can find me at Vinny Fanarin and at Vinny Fanarin Instagram and Twitter respectively. And if you try just Elite Gamer on uh, Instagram and just Elite Gamer on Twitter, you'll find us there too. Shut up and sit down. And there you have it. Some good games there that you're going to want to look at this Christmas? I think so. Definitely going to have to get rid of um, But yeah. Look, as ever, if you enjoyed the podcast, give us an all review, give us some stars, all that good stuff. If, if you think there's any improvements or things you'd like to see us talk about, get in touch. Good luck, goodbye, good night, good evening, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.